Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us here on the Ryan and Krista podcast. Um, If you haven't had an opportunity to share it, please do. That's how we grow around here. Every week we gain new listeners because people like you take a little snapshot that you're listening and you post it to your Instagram, your Facebook story and all that. So um, please take the opportunity to do that. If this has blessed you, it'll bless somebody else. Today we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. You know, it's one of the most important doctrines of uh, our life as Christians is the blood. And um, uh, we're going to talk about why uh, and then um, some things that you need to understand about the blood of Jesus. So um, for a foundation, first of all, the reason why the blood of Jesus uh, is so important is because God places value On blood. So Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. You know, the truth is for you as a human, just talking about your makeup as a person, your blood is important. (laughs) Didn't know if you knew that. It kind of matters. There's people who get hooked up to machines and they can live without a brain in their body. They can live without brain function. But you take the blood out of somebody and there's no more life because the life is in the blood. All this argument about abortion, when does life begin? Uh, And and these questions, you you can ask yourself those questions, but if there's blood in the body, there's life in the body. If the heart is beating and pumping blood, there's life in the body. So the blood became something to represent life. And it carries the, the, the it's the strength, the, the strength of the person is in the blood, right? So uh, for God, when he looks at the blood, it represents the life. When you look back at the garden, it actually isn't described in there in detail. But after Adam and Eve sinned, there's this little verse that oftentimes gets overlooked um, but I'll go back there with you in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3. And it says, um, and after they sin, uh, the first prophecy of the Messiah comes. Um, and uh, verse 21, Genesis 3.21, it says also, so Genesis 3.20, it says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also for, verse 21, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And then verse 22, then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. Little side note for those theologians out there, like one of us, that's a hint at the Trinity, right? The fact that it wasn't only God the Father, there's God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? Like one of us to know good and evil. He said, let us make man in our image. He wasn't talking to the angels. Um, Anyway, but so God made Uh, The Lord God made tunics of skin and he clothed them. What we don't get to see here is where did those tunics of skin come from? Adam and Eve weren't killing to eat the animals. They weren't eating animals. They were eating the of the trees. They were eating fruits and vegetables. But what God did is he taught them how to sacrifice. So there had to be atonement for their sin. So it isn't described in detail here. But what I believe what happened is God came, he took an animal, he said, hey, to sacrifice to I'm looking forward to the sacrifice of a savior who I've just talked about in verse 15 when I when I uh, the curse came on the serpent um, and I'm taking this animal 
We're going to sacrifice this animal. I'm going to make a skin out of this animal for you. And, and the blood is going to be the atoning sacrifice for your disobedience. They obeyed a direct command from God. The reason you can see that, you can see that God taught them that is you see Ab- Cain and Abel making a sacrifice. So it was something that they understood. Hey, I'm able to keep my relationship with God. Even though I've made a mistake, I'm able to keep my relationship with God by the blood of an animal sacrifice. And then you see Cain and Abel doing it. The reason why Cain's offering wasn't accepted and Abel's was, wasn't because one was, it wasn't because they say, oh, God, did, you know, this shows you God didn't like vegetables. It's that God had a way of doing it. God didn't call for an offering of fruits and vegetables. He called for an offering of blood. The fact that they were wearing tunics of uh, skins showed God, hey, these are people who've kept my covenant. They're wearing the skins of the animal that they sacrificed to me to atone for their sins. God called Job blameless. How do you be blameless? Job couldn't have been without sin because everyone born after Adam sinned, right? There, there was, there was sin because it was in their blood. There was a tendency to do wrong. They couldn't avoid sin. But how is he blameless? Because he knew how to take care of his sin. And that was through sacrifice. It says in Job that he would do burnt offerings for his children, right? So he understood sacrifice. So God called him blameless because he had a heart that didn't, that wanted a relationship with God and knew how to see atonement. So all throughout the law, you see this covenant, this blood covenant that comes into place and you see what the blood covenant did. But you know, all of it, all of the Old Testament, all of everything, all of the law, the prophets, everything pointed to Jesus. It all pointed to the day when God would send himself to pay the sin, to, to, uh, to pay the penalty for sin. And it would be a perfect sacrifice, not one that to be, had to be done year after year. You know, under the old covenant, the blood represented purifying Uh, If you've uh, read some of Leviticus and some of the books, there's a good book called Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. And if if you haven't read it, I recommend it. I know the River University students are going through it right now in their class, the second year students. But there's a book and it describes in detail and it's all pointing to this blood that took care of this forest. But they would take the blood of certain animals and they would sprinkle it even on the altar, on the different vessels. But All of that was a natural representation of of something that was going to happen under this covenant with Jesus. For you and for me as Christians, we have to know the power in the blood. There's so many songs out there that we sing. Oh, the blood of Jesus, you know, washes white as snow. And, and there's so many songs that we sing about the blood of Jesus, but to get an understanding of what the blood does for you, the first thing the blood does, first of all, you need to know that you as a Christian, someone who's invited Jesus into your heart, your sins have not been covered. The old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats covered the sins of the people. Your sins have not been covered. Your sins have been washed away. It's totally different. Covered is different. If I go and I come into my living room, the walls are white. And if I, I can put wallpaper over them and then I can cover that with paint and I can put another wallpaper and I can cover it with paint and I can put another wallpaper. But at some point, if someone starts to decide to start putting, removing paint, they're going to find wallpaper underneath. When I bought this home, I came into the kitchen and there was a banner of wallpaper at the top. The rest was painted and I started peeling the wallpaper and then some of the paint came with it and I realized there was a full 
layer of wallpaper underneath the paint. It was crazy. Like, they, it's just been covered and covered. Who knows what's at the base layer, right? There's some Mickey Mouse wallpaper or something crazy. There's difference between being covered and being washed away. As a Christian, your sins have not been covered. They've been washed away. That's something to rejoice about. The second thing is it does is the, is the blood of Jesus uh, gives you access to God. Ephesians chapter 2. This is a scripture that you need to know. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. The only reason that you and I have a relationship with God is by the blood of Jesus. The only reason. People who say, oh, I'm not really religious, but I'm spiritual. You know, I'm not really, I'm not a Christian, but I'm a spiritual person. They're deceived. If they're having any spiritual contact, it's with demons. God made a way to himself, and it's through the blood of his son. He's the perfect sacrifice. He's the spotless lamb. The Bible says he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, giving the commandment to Moses and the pattern to make the the uh, the temple and you know the holy of holies and 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 the ark of the, you know all that getting everything built the exact specifications he was doing it to represent what was already in heaven everything was by design to point towards the sun God doesn't work uh, not not talking about the sun the moon and the stars like the sun right Jesus Christ himself but what the blood does is it brings us back into communion with God so one of the things that I see just to speak practically to you one of the things that I see people do, and the de- it's one of the devil's biggest tricks, is he tries to get people to feel inferior. Oh, you know, I'm, uh, I've done these things wrong, and so I can't approach God. I can't be bold in my prayers. I can't ask God to provide for me, you know. And what is actually taking place is the devil's got people to doubt the power of the blood of Jesus. You have to understand, it doesn't matter what you've done wrong in your life. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you from all sins. You who once were a far, yes, we can agree together, you were a far way off from God, but now you've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. You for yourself have to have faith in the blood, that it's not about what the, it's not about you. It's about the blood of Jesus that washes you clean. It's about the strength of the blood. The the blood equates to approach for you, your approach to God. Why are you... How come you're able to pray boldly? It's because of the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter if you didn't sin for 10 years and if you took communion every day and you prayed for four hours every day and you you won 20 people to Jesus every day and you moved in signs and wonders and you had visions and dreams and, 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 and you did everything in the Bible, you wouldn't be able to have a right to approach God any more than someone who just got born again simply because it's not on what you've done. It's on the blood of Jesus. And and that's something that has to take a hold of your heart. And you come by faith. Lord, I don't come on my own account. I come on the fact that I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. It gives you access, bold access to the Father. Don't pray timid prayers. You have full access to the Father. Come boldly to the throne of grace to receive health, excuse me, help in time of need and health in time of need. Hey, you've been washed in the blood. 
the next thing it does is it protects you from harm. God gave you his blood to protect you. What the blood did was actually mark the territory. It made it so that you're protected from the attack of the devil. He looks and he sees whom he can devour. And it's the blood that shows him whose property you are. You're purified for, for the master's use. You're sanctified. It's the, the blood speaks of consecration. It speaks of being set apart for God. The blood gives you permission and gives you access to God, but also uh, designates you as the property of God. And you need to know that, that by the blood and by the Holy Ghost, you've been sealed. I challenge you, there's a, a word if you do a search for the word sealed in the New Testament, and it talks about how the Holy Ghost has, has sealed you. If you think about the word sealed, uh, if you think about um, like in the olden days, they would have a letter and they would take a wax seal. And to, uh, a lot of times the wax seal had the person's uh, the family stamp on it. So if the, the king or the a queen was going to send a letter, she would write this letter, put an envelope, and then they would melt wax and they would stamp this, this um, envelope closed with this melted wax with the seal on the inside of it. So what it, the seal does is it first of all seals it, right? It's closed. What that means, if you've been sealed by the Holy Ghost, you're not able to be unsealed by the devil. The devil can't just come in and possess you. It's, it's the seal of the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus that keeps you from harm. As someone who's filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil can't just come and possess you. A demon can't just come and possess you anytime. Oh, I, you know, I got to just stay off the devil's radar because he'll just come and send one of his powerful demons. And that's not how this work works. You have to give him access personally. And if you're living for God, keeping your hands clean, staying out of sin, you're not giving him access. Sealed also shows a stamp of ownership. This, this has the family seal on it. It shows who you belong to. As a child of God, you've been sealed. You've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that he came of water and of blood. The water talks about salvation. It talks about, uh, it talks about the new birth. With joy shall you draw forth water out of the wells of salvation. But it's our Savior who came by water and by blood. So what does the blood do for me? You have to ask yourself this question. Is the blood perfect? Is there something lacking in the blood of Jesus? What does it do to me? Does it not make me perfect? How potent is the blood? How clean am I? How washed am I? Am I still soiled? Am I trying to be righteous? If I'm trying to be righteous, does that mean that Jesus didn't do the job? Why am I trying when he said it is finished? Did the blood not do it? How clean am I? How new am I? How washed am I? If the point of the blood is to give me access to the Father, then how do I come to Him? Why am I timid? Why am I worried? Am I actually righteous? What did the blood do for me? The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood washes you clean, but also washes you clean of any effect of the sin as well. Romans 5, 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath to come. That word justified, a lot of times people can get lost in King James, means declared righteous. That means that the father will stand up in a court and say, no, look, they're covered in Jesus' blood. They're righteous. I declare you, Ryan Yusta, are righteous because of the blood of Jesus that you're covered in. Man, ha. 
Hallelujah. The Bible talks about being able to enjoy peace with God. It's time that we enjoy peace with God. Enjoy peace with God. Not worry about if God accepts us. That's one thing we can we don't have to worry about. By the blood of Jesus, God accepts you. By the blood and sacrifice of Jesus, you belong to God. You know God wants you as part of his family. Man may not have wanted you. Your family may not have wanted you. But God wants you as part of his family. Colossians 1.14, one last scripture. In whom we have our redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. When the devil tries to remind you of what you did, remind him that your sin is not covered in the blood. It's washed away. If you ask God, if he stood before you and you said, God, do you remember when I did this and this and this? Now he's God and he's all, he's all knowing, but he doesn't remember the sins that you did that you've asked him to forgive you of. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Man, be thankful. Rejoice for the blood. Take even just this next 30 seconds and start thanking the Lord out of your own mouth. Not lazily either. Full of fervor. Lord, thank you for the blood. Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for translating me out of the power of darkness. Thank you for drawing me into the kingdom of your son. Thank you that I'm washed in the blood, that I'm clean, that I'm pure, that my life is holy, that I belong to you, that I'm going from glory to glory. Give the Lord thanks even right now. Give him thanks for what he's done. Don't let a day go by that you don't give the Lord praise for who he is, for what he's done for you. Man, every single day, Lord, thank you for saving me. Without you, I'd be a mess. I'd be lost. Life would be terrible. I wouldn't even want to live. God, you're good. Thank you for washing me in the blood of your son. The life is in the blood, and so it is with Jesus. The life that we have in God is found in the blood. Have confidence in the fact that the blood has washed clean everything you've ever done and makes it that you can present yourself to God uh, boldly. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the next podcast.